Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. That's what this podcast does. I am TK, joined by Holly. Holly, we're back in the wind, Colin, baby. How we doing? I'm, I'm still a little surprised, a little just confused. It was kind of a crazy game on Sunday, and, and thank God for Justin Tucker. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, we say that pretty frequently, and it's awesome to have him on our side, but uh, Ravens get a 19-17 to win Sunday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, a carbon copy of like the week before, right? And kind of let the clock run down and, and kick your field goal and, and take your chances with your kicker. And, and uh, you know, Justin Tucker is a pretty good bet. So uh, Ravens moved to three and two into sole possession of first place in the AFC North and uh, kind of put themselves in a pretty decent spot going forward, um, which we'll talk about. And so, we're going to go back to, finally, back to our usual um, format here. We'll talk offense, defense, special teams, hand out a game ball, um, talk about our pop of the week, and then look forward to week six, already week six, which is crazy. Wow. Uh, the Ravens come back up to Rutherford, East Rutherford, New Jersey, to play the New York Giants. So, interesting game here. Uh, another situation in which the Ravens kind of come out in control and uh, let the Bengals stay in it. So let's look at this offense. Um, maybe not Lamar Jackson's sharpest day, but um, did enough to win, particularly late in the game. Yeah, it was he. He it was a. If you can even say this about an offense or a quarterback's performance, it was a a bend but don't break. You know, kind of a game. It was definitely not one that you're going to put on the highlight reel for the most part, <clears throat> or really any of his plays, you know, from Sunday. I can't think of really one that was like, oh, that was Lamar, you know, oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, not one of Lamar's best games, but he did. He still had a game-winning drive at the end of the game. Justin Tucker sealed it. Still some, you know, I you look at the offense, and we, we had some bright spots. J.K. Dobbins was obviously a major bright spot. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. Um, even Kenyon Drake had a couple good runs. Yeah. And uh, on the receiving side, of course, Mando was fantastic. And Devin DuVernay, not, not only receiving, but getting some carries. What do you think about Devin DuVernay coming, really kind of becoming a staple of the offense, by the way? And... It now, it now doing what we were begging them to do last year when we didn't have any running backs is to, hey, why don't we give Devin DuVernay some carries? <clears throat> yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Um, getting him involved in as many ways as possible because uh, we, we knew we were a little bit behind the eight ball not having Rashad Bateman, um, who, who demands – a little bit of attention and, you know, maybe not as as proven was Devin DuVernay, who, you know, they manufactured touches for him, which I think we were looking for last year because, yeah. you know, you could see on the punt returns how uh, electric he can be. But, um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, the, the tosses, you know, the, the kind of the designed plays to get him the ball and see what he can do. And, you know, I, I really liked what I saw from him, you know, getting like chewing up yardage, uh, which yeah. was nice. Um, and even on the breakdown play, and he's like the king yeah. of the broken play now, picking up the fumble and then taking it for what, 12 yards or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then last week he had that crazy reception. So yeah, he's he's become the king of the broken play, and um, you know maybe maybe that's I don't know luck. I don't know, but he he just seems to be able to be there, and yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to a little bit of trust um, developing even more so between him and Lamar because with Bateman down he kind of has to. Um, but, you know, to have another receiver there that Lamar has that relationship with, in addition to Mandrews and Bateman, um, makes things pretty difficult for a defense. It does. I mean, and it's just, and, you know, in some ways, the, you know, Bateman being out a couple games could be a blessing in disguise in the sense that it, it allows DuVernay and Lamar to continue to build that trust in game. Because obviously they've been playing with each other for a few years now. But, you know, obviously in the games, they still need to, you know, kind of build that trust. And you can see that building. And, you know, to have now not only, you know, I think I think you can probably safely say right now, DeVernay is our second option to Mark Andrews. I really don't think it's it's Bateman. I mean, Bateman's a fantastic ad when he's there, but so far in the season, DuVernay is our number two receiver. You know, if you if you think that Mando is our number one, you know, with that line of thinking, you know, I, I and it's such a great development for our offense because you because you have that faith in Bateman to obviously continue his development and at least be a high end number two receiver. So shoot to have two high-end number two receivers and mark andrews would be the best receiving core we've ever had yeah yeah and it's pretty good and 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 you like i i just love that they gave him the ball out of the backfield because like you said it's been what we've what we've been asking for as a fan base for forever with him pretty much is like you know get him the ball he's so fast let him do something and you know he has that he has that kind of unique build um, to be able to deal with some of that contact that that running backs have to deal with. So um, I, I loved it. I, I liked it a lot. Um, you know, he got seven targets, second on the team after Mandrews. So he's definitely um, attracting Lamar's attention in that way, uh, because then the next guy is Isaiah Likely with two targets um, for seven yards. So quite a drop off there. So so. so you know that um, maybe not spreading the ball around. It, it, like the Ravens aren't really going to spread the ball around that much. You kind of know who is going to be receiving that attention. Um, but now if you have three guys that are going to be receiving that attention, then, uh, you know, obviously that yeah. makes it makes it a lot di- more <laughs> difficult. It, we also have to point out the two huge misses that Lamar yeah. He yeah, easily could have three, had two, three. two touchdowns or three. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he could have had two touchdowns. The one to DeVernay. Yeah, deep, and then the one to Tylen Wallace on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so just those two plays in and of themselves. You look at Lamar's numbers; he easily could have had close to 300 yards and two touchdowns just with those two passes. Yeah. Now, of course, I you know I'm I'm not sure if that actually works because I'm trying to think. I think it was actually the same series with the DuVernay and, and Tyron Wallace happened as I'm thinking about it. So that really doesn't make sense. But even still, they should have had 
at least a passing touchdown to one of those two guys and some nice yardage from that. So, you know, I, and it's funny because everybody keeps complaining. Oh my God, why are we throwing deep? I mean, yeah. And, and what does everyone want all the time? Oh, why don't we throw the ball? And oh my God. Da, 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 da. Unfortunately, Lamar didn't, he didn't, he didn't, you know, execute. I think Lamar's going to execute more often than not. I trust that. Yeah, yeah. the The throw to Duvernay was tough um, because of the angle and yeah. running out of space. The one to Wallace was kind of interesting because it looked like on one of the replays, Wallace slowed down a little bit, and I think I know why he did that is because he was just supposed to be the clear out route on that side, um, and and there was supposed to be something underneath that was there, and because underneath it was covered. Uh, is is why that play extended for as long as it did, and he like you know that mental clock that you have like if you know that all right this is this is a play for a three yard reception, you know you're not you know there's a certain point where you figure the ball yeah. release right yeah either either the ball's out and I got to turn around and block or the play's over exactly I got I got to get gearing ready for up to you know block or turn or do something right so. Yeah, blame on Wallace there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think it's just a missed throw. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think it's so. a missed throw. I mean, whether he slowed down or not, Lamar should have been able to hit him. He was wide open. Yeah, right. E- even if it's one that he kind of has to stop for or something like that, he was that wide open. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it sucks that those both got missed. But, yeah, it kind of happens. The third the third miss that I'm referring to is the interception. Uh, that was just a bad throw. Yeah. Uh, just kind of sailed it, which sucks because that drive seemed like it was off to a pretty decent start. And it seemed like the Ravens were off to a pretty decent start uh, with that one because uh, that was coming off of the touchdown drive. And, um, you know, with three plays, 28 yards, and then you throw the pick. It's like, well, yeah. OK, that that kind of sucked. And then, of course. Right. And then, of course, the, the, the Bengals answer immediately. So, you know. Up and down day for the offense. You know, you score five times, but you kick four, four field goals, which is not really the ratio you want, but, you know, did enough to win, I guess. Yeah. Um, other big news on the offense, left tackle Ronnie Stanley made his debut, his first game in so long. Um, I'm not really sure why, but I didn't anticipate the one drive on, one drive off kind of uh approach there yeah it's strange i mean it's one thing to have a guy on a pitch count it but it was a strange rotation for me because i felt like i mean what was let me let me look at the snap counts i don't even know what it was in the end so yeah so he didn't he didn't play a snap after about halfway through the third quarter if i remember correctly i was thinking about that okay yeah so he only played 22 snaps yeah i that's that's weird for me. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it. I guess mainly because he looked so good running. Yeah, he did look really good. Um, so and and it surprised me that they're still taking it so slow. Now, do what you got to do. Whatever. I'm not trying to point fingers, but it was it, it was weird. I guess. Yeah, and it, it almost looked like he was a little frustrated on the sideline and you, you made a, you made a comment about his body language. What, like, what were you seeing there? That... I, I, I don't know. I, it just, 
I don't know if it was frustration. It was to me, I was seeing just he was like, Yeah, I've got this this many snaps in me and you know, it is what it is. You know, I I, I don't know, like comfortable with the fact that he was in a rotation. I, I don't know. I it but let me put it this way. I was also looking at him I, I wasn't looking at it necessarily as a bad thing. I was just happy to see Ronnie Stanley back. So I don't I don't want to say this as criticism. I was trying to look at look through it through the lens of people like our friend Jason Lockenfora and all of them mm. that were looking to criticize Ronnie Stanley. And I'm sure that his body language for one reason or another another was not what they would want from a guy that is finally back does that make sense yeah yeah that makes sense it's it's really strange because there seems to be a very strict plan in place um and if 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 this was all part of the plan from from the very beginning is you know we're gonna aim for 30 percent of the snaps week one 50 percent of the snaps week two 75 week three and then you know work him all the way up to playing the whole game you know maybe that's the case and and you know we we're not insiders so we don't know but if he knew that you know every other drive like i'm not gonna play then yeah let me go sit let me go take all of my body weight off of my ankle and you know like and maybe that's the plan maybe they told him like go sit down like i don't want you on your feet this whole time yeah (laughs) that's possible too look cleats are uncomfortable yeah, when you're when you're that heavy. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. that's a good point. I didn't really even think about that. Hey, here's a question for you, and and because I know that we've gone back and forth. Are we are we back to having regular grass on our field? Or are we yes, back? we are. Yeah, we are. We do have regular. Yeah, it's been grass. a few. It's okay. been a few seasons. Yeah. Okay. I I you know I always keep thinking we're turf from when we were turf, and then I'll look at the field and I I I keep going back and forth. So that's good. I'm glad we're still turf. But yeah. I'm glad we're still like real turf, not, mm-hmm. not artificial. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. I think the pl- players are very grateful for that. Um, yeah. So I, I think Stanley looked pretty good. I mean, limited limited opportunities. Um, I think he let up one pressure, if I remember the stat correctly. But you know, you, you, I was I, I saw him get up to the second level sometimes. Some yep. nice seal blocks. Yep. Anchored a few times against Hendrickson. Um, on one of uh, one of J.K. Dobbins's nice run, it was like his was it twenty two yards or what was his long run? Yeah, yeah, he um, he was able to get he was able to get up to the second level. Yeah, um, I think it was his seventeen yard run. Yeah, yeah, he was right up there, and actually, I felt like he kind of missed his guy to be honest with you, because he kind of slows up and helps out another guy. But if he had kept going around the corner, he might have helped. Uh, break JK for even more because he kind of JK has to like dodge the guy a little bit mm-hmm. and, and look it, it the angles were were questionable so I, I'm probably overthinking that but it but that said he looked great he was in the second level he was running really well um I it's nice to see him back and I really hope he plays at least a half you know I mean would you say he played a half Based no, of, no. I mean, what would no, you say? So, what was his? What was his? So the percentage comes out to thirty-four percent of snaps. Ah, 
Um, so just just shy of of half. Um, I think that, that means sixty five total snaps. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Can we get him to half this week? You know, maybe. Um, I think I think like a slow progression up to up to a hundred percent is probably in the plan. Speaking of which, look at uh, your boy Ben Powers. One hundred percent of the snaps at guard now. Leading the way on the uh, playtime percentage list. Oh, absolutely! Wow. It's he's been solid. He's been solid as much as as much as we <laughs> have have had issues with that left guard position. He's been solid. Yeah. Um. The so you know we we quickly mentioned J.K. Dobbins. I thought he looked awesome. Um, getting better week by week. I feel um just. More in the groove. I think he was a little bit more settled in this week. Um, I think he ran really no- well. He had that awesome shed of a tackle in the backfield and, you know, powered ahead for like eight eight yards or something like that. I mean, it's good to see the power, good to see the balance and the and the acceleration. So really happy to see him that way. And and speaking of the run, and, and actually Dobbins as well uh, seemed to be on – a pitch count because yeah. he also didn't get a touch and I don't think he was on the field for the fourth quarter either no. um so I do want to mention that fourth quarter and specifically that last drive for the Ravens and I don't know how how you felt um going into that drive but I am at a place now where I feel very confident that Lamar is going to give us a shot to win in those situations. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, there was enough time on the clock. Lamar, because of his legs, even when he's not having the best day throwing the ball, because his legs have that extra dimension, all he needs is one good throw and a couple runs, and we're we're at enough distance for Tucker to end the game. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it it he has lulled us, I think, in some respects, into a false sense of security. <laughs> with 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 you know, I, I, you know, I'd love to see. I don't know how many game winning drives Lamar has at this point. Um, but but yeah, I I was oddly comfortable. Um, as much as I was feeling fairly negative in that fourth quarter, and you know, basically, you know, you and I were texting most of the game and. I called it pretty much that, okay, here we go. Cincinnati's going to go down and score, watch it be 17-16 and all, you know, because there was that, you know, whether we kicked a field goal or went for the touchdown at the end, you know, all those decisions were basically in reverse for Harbaugh in this game because we went for the field goal. Mm -hmm. They come down and score, but thankfully we had enough time to then – come down and and kick the field goal for the win. So, I mean, it's like, I I was just kind of laughing at, you know, the decision in front of Harbaugh. But but anyway, you know, going from the negativity of our defensive side, which we'll get to in a minute, which I I probably am being too harsh in some respects, but, you know, going from the negativity of the defense to, you know, Lamar getting the ball back with about two minutes or whatever it was, you know, left on the clock at that point, I did feel pretty good. I felt pretty confident. That was a yeah. long answer. That was a long answer. 
Yeah, uh, Lamar has seven fourth quarter comebacks. Seven. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Seven okay. fourth quarter comebacks, nine game winning drives. Okay. So he's he's starting to put them together yeah. for sure. Yeah, not bad at all. Okay. Yep. Um, and one the that nineteen yard run that he had off the right side uh, reminded me so much of the the run to ice the game against the Titans uh, in the playoffs. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. it, I, don't it I don't think it was the same play. I don't think it was the same play, but sort of like run around and you right. back a little bit and around. Yeah, I know what you're saying exactly. And the the he only went down because he tripped on Duvernay. Yeah. <laughs> so he could have he could have kept going, but you know, all works out. But um, he was awesome on the last drive. Kenyon Drake was awesome on yeah. that last drive. Really, um, he was quite good. Was and really... you know, speaking of Kenyon Drake, and not to, I'm sorry to speak over you there, but I was just trying to compare. I was like, okay, why would, you know, what are the downsides to using DeVernay as a running back? You know, obviously size, you know, but I was starting to compare Kenyon Drake to Devin DeVernay outside of height, which probably is a couple inches because DeVernay seems to be like he's a little bit tall for a running back. He's, he's easily the same build as Devin DeVernay. Right. And maybe, maybe not the same top end speed, but I did like how he was accelerating through. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Ken, Kenyon Drake looked great. He really yeah. Looked great. He looked really nice. Um, let's see. Devin DuVernay is 5'11". And Kenyon Drake is, what do you think? 6'1". He's 6'1". Wow. Yeah. Good guess. Um, about two inches. That seemed right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Kenyon Drake looked good. I think that's the best he's looked all regular season for sure. Um, just looked just looked a lot more decisive, a lot more explosive, and uh, that was that was definitely good to see. Um, let's see. Anything else we're missing on the offense? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Let's flip it over to the defense. Um, I'll let you start. Let's start with the good things, because there were good things. Um, We obviously won the game. I mean, it wasn't all, you know, doom and gloom. Marcus Peters was fantastic. Jason Pierre-Paul was fantastic. I mean, those two guys, talk about what veteran leaders can do for a team. I mean, Marcus Peters, after the whole, all the shenanigans with Harbaugh last week, we didn't think it was going to be an issue because we knew, not that we were insiders, but we had a good feeling about how Harbaugh felt about Peters. And obviously, he he played the whole game. He had a hell of a game. He, he did everything that you want him to do as a cornerback, as a veteran leader. He was... He was what you want. He's that guy that he's the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed on this defense. If we have one, it's Marcus Peters in the sense of that, you know, guy that's going to not just talk about it. He's going to show you how to do it. Um, and he he had that kind of a game. And I, I can't say enough about Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, I I always knew he was a good player. And I don't know what his stats are you know, overall, but he's always a guy that 
I've kind of paid attention to. I was living in Tampa when he was at USF. So when he got drafted, it was kind of a big deal. And then, of course, he won the Super Bowl with the Giants and all that stuff. He's had a really pretty damn good career. Yeah, he has. And he's he's like a Hall of Fame level talent. I'm not sure he's a Hall of Famer. But this is this guy went healthy. Like, holy crap, is he good? Holy crap. The fact that we got him off the street and he's basically come in and <laughs> I mean, so what he's played basically every snap at this point on defense, and the guy didn't have a training camp at all. Like, it's not like we got him from some other team and he was basically in shape. He was off the street and he plays 71% of our snaps this week. After playing like 90 last week, it was like ridiculous last week how many snaps he played. Yeah, uh, he's he's been terrific. And I said last week, he like looks freaky. Oh, like, yeah. you know, just his size, his power, um, you know. Four, which is weird in and of itself. Right. Uh, it's, it's pretty astonishing, uh, what he's been able to do. Like you said, without training camp, he's like barely practiced. And he's, he's been playing almost every, he's playing 71% of, of snaps on, on Sunday. And he's like being productive too. He's not just out there. And that's um, you know, where he, he's where, you know, as much as we're negative on the defense for the most part right now. Holy crap, he's the guy. Like, you think, okay, if we really get, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, top level Jason Pierre-Paul through the rest of the year, and then we get Bowser back and then Jabo, you know, and then Marcus Williams comes back, who's unfortunately now out. man. You know, I mean, holy crap, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big boost, potentially, from those players. So... While we're very negative on the defense at the moment, it, there definitely are reasons for optimism that, you know, things things will get better. Yeah, I am not as negative on the defense as you are. Um, this is a pretty good offense that was that was held to 17 points. Joe Burrow never really seemed settled in. You know, of course, the two touchdown drives looked fairly easy, but... What I was a little bit more pleased with is that, you know, after the after the touchdown, it was like what we talked about last week, Ravens defense on their heels. And it looked like it on that on that touchdown drive. It looked like they were out of sorts. It looked very easy uh, for the Bengals. But then they didn't let the floodgates open. Um, You know, there was they held to a field goal on the next drive. And then until. The, the last drive for the Bengals, um, you know, they had the they had the kind of goal line stand. They had the interception from Queen. So, you know, they you know, they they made their stops. Um, they made their plays. There weren't any deep shots um, that even with Marcus Williams out, which was which sucks so bad. Um, dislocated wrist. He's, he'll be out for a while, according to Harbaugh. You know, they they kind of stuck to their game plan. They didn't let the Bengals get behind them. And, uh, you know, I, I think they did a really nice job. Um, 17 points. Uh, you know, it, like that last touchdown drive was really clutch. Uh, 
by the Bengals and the Ravens just weren't able to get that stop uh, there. But overall, I think it was a really strong effort by the defense. You're you're not wrong. I'm not going to argue with you in the sense that, you know, none of the points you brought up are poor points. Where I would point as a place that I would still have a lot of concern is that the play calling for the Bengals was a bit suspect. Oh yeah, the the Cincy special on the goal line. Was... I mean, this, the goal the goal line stand was a joke. I mean, they if if they had been just calling their plays, they would have scored. I I have no doubt in my mind about that. Now that also changes the other, you know, events of how the rest of the game unfolds. So it's not fair to say, oh, we give them that touchdown in the world. But you know, I. I don't know. I I didn't come away with a whole lot of warm and fuzzies about the defense. Um, you know, the we gave up 101 yards on the ground, um, and now we're going to play uh, the Giants, and that, that might not go well. Um, I, you know, I'm not as concerned about their passing offense, obviously, but Saquon Barkley... I think may run pretty well against us. Our linebackers are just that poor at the moment. Um, I mean, Queen Queen redeemed himself a little bit, had a pick, had a decent game. Um, you know, can't complain that much about his performance from Sunday, but, you know, he's still hot and cold. Um, the rest of the linebacking core is hot and cold. Um, I don't know, man. I, it's It's... There are reasons for optimism, as I said, but there's still, like, I don't know. I, I, I still point to the Bengals. The Bengals hurt themselves on offense more than we shut them down on defense. I think that's fair. I think uh, maybe the Ravens took advantage of, uh, took advantage of the op- opportunities that the yeah. Bengals uh, presented. Um, yeah, like that, that, you know, Philly special call was extremely unnecessary. (laughs) And I'm, I'm stunned that Boyd. That is Marcus Peters dance after, after (laughs) he was, he was feeling it. It was also ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) He was feeling it. He was feeling himself. Uh, he had a, he had a terrific game. I mean, uh, pass interference penalty, whatever. I mean, if he get tangled up, I think he had an arm around it, but whatever. Outside of that, he had an awesome game. Um, yeah, I don't know what what they're thinking on that call. I don't know what Boyd's not. I don't know what Boyd's doing not throwing the ball away. But. Well, that's the other thing. Like, okay, as soon as it's broken down, chuck that thing as far right. as you can chuck it. Right. Like, come on. Um, but yeah. But thankfully, you know. Did. Thankfully, he didn't. Um, that said, you know, I, I do believe that, that we've still got a ways to go on defense. Now, now, look, we won the game. Fair play to them. And they made, they made the plays when they needed to. I just hope it, I hope it continues to be an upswing from this point forward on defense, especially as guys get healthy. Yep. You kind of, you kind of bottled up Jamar Chase, uh, who tore us up last year. 
Uh, Marlon Humphrey was terrific. Uh, the corn the corners were really good. I think Pepe Williams was awesome. Very physical, really strong tackles. You know, he had the penalty as well, but whatever. Uh, Kyle Hamilton uh, had a penalty as well, which kind of sucked because he didn't really have to, you know, make contact to to make it happen. But you know, college play. Yeah, so let's um let's talk let's talk the safety position a little bit with with Williams going down. I think a, a few Ravens fans were surprised to see Geno Stone enter the game instead of Kyle Hamilton, and um, I think that's more of a positional fit rather than a denouncement on Hamilton. Um. And I think we're kind of saying the same thing. I'll I'll agree with you with that in the sense that <clears throat> you can keep Hamilton in the position they were already planning for him to be in. You know, this hybrid plan all over the place, whatever it is that they have planned for Kyle Hamilton. Where Geno Stone's been in the defense a couple more years. Yeah, you just step back in and play that one role that we want you to play that we typically is that what you mean by that? Or yeah, I meant that you know, Hamilton's not really a free safety, and and yeah. that's where Geno well, Stone has true. played. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't I like don't think it's a I think with just like with Stanley and with Dobbins, there seems to be a plan with Kyle Hamilton. Uh, you know, to have a role for him and not give him too much, uh, because once again, just about a quarter of the snaps, and I think that's about three or four weeks in a row where that's been the case. Um, you know, playing him in his role and then maybe as the season goes on, expand it or just let him grow in that role and, and get good at it and then kind of unleash next year. But I, I'm not I'm not I wasn't terribly surprised by the Geno Stone choice there. I think he lends himself to that uh, position and those responsibilities uh, uh a little bit better than Hamilton at this point, maybe. Well, and let's face it, as, as weird as this is to say, you know, Stone has some of that veteranosity at this point that I think Harbaugh likes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could also be part of it. Right. And then, you know, if, if you really want to go with the storylines, I mean, Hamilton gives up the big plays and what have the Bengals done to us? Yeah. You know, you know the big plays. So, you know, who do you, who do you trust more in that spot? Uh, to know the assignments and stuff like that, probably Geno Stone, because more likely that he's practiced there and, and you know, he's more time uh, with the organization. And not for nothing, but I think Geno Stone's really good. <laughs> I think he's going to make himself a lot of money, uh, you know, these next several games with, with uh, Williams out. Um, I think in the preseason, he always pops. When he has been pressed into action, in previous seasons, he's always shown up um, in a good way. Uh, you know, you kind of notice him like, oh, there's Geno Stone again. And, and, you know, I think he's he's going to play really well now that he has uh, this opportunity to be a full-time player. I like that thought. I mean, I, I and it's a good point. I think he is a good player. He seems to be that guy that, you know what, he's he may not come in and be a superstar necessarily when he comes in, but... You don't go, oh, Geno Stone's getting torched. You know, I'm, I'm thinking mm-hmm. he said that once or twice his rookie season. But but honestly, he's been a, a fairly stout defender for us. He's just, he's just, I don't know. He's one of those 
one of those late round pick guys that the Ravens, you know, score on. I'd like to see them score on some of our early to mid round linebackers a little bit better than we're doing with these late, late round, you know, um, safeties, but you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you like, there's one particular play where he, you know, it was a 10 yard gain for Mixon, but stone kind of comes out of nowhere and knifes through and makes a really nice tackle on him. And I think that's what he really brings is, is a little bit of aggression uh, from that deep safety spot coming up and making tackles. So, um, you know, of course you want to, want to see him be that ball Hawk as well on the back end, like Marcus Williams was, but there's going to be a difference between the way that they play. Uh, maybe, a little bit less ground covered, but I, I think that Stone is going to be awesome. I think he's going to earn himself a nice contract um, with with somebody else, likely. For the Stone family, I certainly hope hope that is the case. For sure. Um, anything else on the deal? Oh, Patrick Queen mentioned he, he caught one. Very happy yeah. for him uh, catching he, he one. He posted on, I think, I think he tweeted something about how um, he likes the black uniforms. Three three games in the all blacks, and he's got three turnovers. Yeah, all right. <laughs> keep wearing them, man. I don't, yeah. <laughs> if that's if that's what it takes. Man, I'll keep be honest them. with you. I prefer when we go either all black or the all purple with the gold. I I kind of like the color rush. I've kind of I like that look, man. I do like the color rush as well. Yeah, I, I do. Um, Let's see. Anything else on the defense uh, that you want to mention? Um, I, I think we I think we mentioned all three levels, I, right? I, you know, I'll say this nod to Mike McDonald. I don't think you were totally terrible or anything like that on Sunday. And uh, you know, I we still need to work on this, like always being on the back foot, because I feel like we still were like that much of the game. They were able to bend and not break a couple times i think because of how the the Bengals called their plays but yeah credit to credit for mike mcdonald and the defense as much as i give them have given them crap the last few games there you go mike so so i just needed to put that out there didn't want to be totally negative i'm not sure that was the greatest like apology or anything oh yeah or acknowledgement but you know uh, yeah, Mike, if you're listening, that's as good as it's going to get. Yeah, probably as good as it's going to get right now. So yeah. And and it's going to be interesting because we're going to run into a familiar face uh, next week. But before we get to next week, let's talk special teams. Let's talk Justin Tucker. We already mentioned Tucker. I mean, at this point, like, what else do you say? 58-yarder, the game winner as time expires, and each time there's no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, the fact that, you know, let's just see the difference between the two kickers and the Bengals kicker, I believe, is pretty good. Correct. He's very good. Yeah. McPherson's awesome. Yeah. And he had he had that kick that like went right above the up. It was like mm-hmm. absolutely directly above the upright, like you couldn't have gotten closer. And as as uh, Collinsworth said, I think it would have doinked, mm-hmm. you know, had it been lower. Um, and then you've got Tucker who through measurements, you know, it's like as down the middle as it could possibly be. Like the fact that they could like close the, the uprights to like several feet and it still would have made it through or something. Half a yard. That's what it was. Half a yard. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. For the game winner. I mean, 
come on. That's that's unbelievable. And I don't know if you remember this, but that is not the first time at M&T Bank that a, that a important kick has gone directly above the upright. Um, when the Ravens beat the Patriots several years ago, do you remember that game-winning field goal from Tucker was right above the upright as well? And, I, I seem to recall that as we were. And, and Belichick was, was losing it. it, running off the field. But, yeah, you know, it's the same call. And I, I think once it was explained, I didn't know the rule, quite frankly. Um, but once it was explained, you know, they did make the right call. And, oh, you know, yeah, you have the outside of the the outside of the upright. Right. So it's like a so it's like a it's the fair pole, essentially, exactly. if you go over it, whatever. The other thing is, why aren't they taller? What's going on? This won't be yeah. a problem at this point. They should they should know to make those things taller. Right. Like as as kickers legs are getting bigger and bigger. I mean, yeah. it may happen more and more. But yeah, uh, four field goals for Tucker. Perfect on, on the day. 58 yarder, he made it with ease. I think I think the the screen said it would have been good from 61. So I mean, give me a break. The, the guy's unbelievable. You know, he he gives credit, you know, to the Wolf Pack, the new Wolf Pack, I guess, with Moore and uh, Stout getting his first game winning hold. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many people have been tracking that stat. He's still part of the Wolf Pack. I mean, Cook is a coach now, so he's still mm-hmm. there. He's still working it. So it's the the den is still in full effect. Yeah, I, I wonder if, if on a really big kick, if they'll try to sneak him out there in uniform and, and have him hold. But, I mean, Stout was good. Yeah, uh, Stout only had that one little uh, little scary moment, and he, he pulled it off with a plum. So, you know, yeah. he's been all right as a holder. No, he's no. been good. I, th- I think he was good punting, too. He had a couple punts inside the 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, good stuff yeah. from them. And, like, and honestly, most of the time, we barely would think or talk about Sam Cook. If that's what Jordan Stout can be, God bless. That's fantastic. I, I yeah. Think. Yeah. So, I mean, there's really not much else you can say. Um, also, how crazy was it that yet, like, the game was the Bengals' first kickoff return of the season? Yeah. That was wild as heck. I mean, yeah. how, how does that – I don't understand how that's possible. Exactly. It was a good return, too. <laughs> yeah, it was a good return. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just a ton of touchbacks, I guess. Yeah. 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 Any Anything else to add on the special teams before we hand out a game ball? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think All right, go for it. Who, who gets your game ball for, for week five? Well, we just talked about him, Justin Tucker. What else can you say? I, I was just talking about before we started recording. I might actually get a Justin Tucker jersey. I never thought I would. Kicker, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at this point, he's, like, legitimately recognized at, essentially as the greatest kicker of all time and probably a Hall of Famer. I, how can you not get the guy's jersey? And he has great real farms commercials. You know, so, hey, when I'm in the mood for some chicken, I'm going to put that jersey on, walk down the street to my local Royal Farms and get myself some chicken. That sounds good. I mean, you know, two, two reasons to, to get that jersey for sure. And uh, opera, damn it. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, those commercials are so funny. And, and it, it, each time you see Tucker, it, like there's something being sung. Uh, uh-huh. It's pretty funny. And actually, um, I don't know who said it, 
during the broadcast, but I think it was during the broadcast about Justin Tucker singing an aria during his acceptance speech at the Hall of Fame. And you know <laughs> that that would happen. And I can't wait because you think about it like we had Ogden doing hit the silly dance with Ray or, or you know, or after was he. From his commercial in his in his Hall of Fame speech, didn't he do that with Ray after? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. And then, of course, Ray does his stuff. You know, Reed has a fantastic speech and all that. And then, you know, I think, didn't he sing, you know, Two Tickets to Paradise? He did, yeah. And then then we can get Justin Tucker singing opera. I hope, man, I hope that would be, uh, you know, obviously I want Justin Tucker to kick another 10 10 to 15 years. But, man, that'll be a fun Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, and, and and speaking of speaking of Ray Lewis, it was the uh, they had the Nelly halftime show uh, right. at the stadium, and and they brought Ray Lewis out, and he did the dance to Hot in Here, and you know the videos look awesome, the the light shows in the stadium look awesome as well. So, the stadium, you know, they do it right, man. Yeah, they're doing a great job. Productions, they're second to none. I mean, I. I, I'll, I'll be the first to say I don't love going to games live. I prefer them at home. I want to be comfortable on my couch. I want to hear the play-by-play and get all the information that I have to look around for. Now, I get distracted, let's face mm-hmm. it, when I go to the game. It's like my, my ADD kicks in, and I just don't. It doesn't. It's not as, it's not of a, it's not as good of experience as a sports fan. Now, it's great just to be out and about and you know, the atmosphere and everything. And, but the Ravens, they really do. I mean, and we're lucky because the, the Orioles also do the same thing. I mean, we're, we're as a sports fan, as, as in this city, they, the production value at both stadiums is, is quite good. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's gotta be awesome. And I haven't been able to connect with Mike on um, uh, inside the bank, but maybe, Maybe after the next home game, we'll uh, we'll we'll catch up with him and, and see how things are going. But yeah, I it looks so cool. But um, yeah, I got to say the Ray must be just oh, being around him during games has to be interesting. Watching the defense, and I would love I would love to be a fly on the wall to hear what he thinks about some of the play calls and what we're doing and all that, because there's, there's so much about football. I don't know that sitting down with someone like Ray Lewis, who knows just about everything you could know. And to have someone like that, tell me what he's seeing out of our defense would be, that would be wonderful because I just, I wish I could, I could, have some kind of trust for Mike McDonald, but it's just not there yet. We're working on it. We're working on the trust. We're, we're going to get there. Just, just giving some time. We're going to get there. By doing um, ball, Mike, you got to catch me. That's all I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. My game ball, I am going to go over to that defense, give it to Marcus Peters. I thought he was awesome. He had some really physical tackles on, on Jamar Chase. He had the really nice read on the Cincy special call to, to take down Boyd. Um, I thought he was awesome. He, he was all over the field. Um, so my big game ball goes to Marcus Peters. Um, pop of the week. I had a couple to choose from. Which, which direction are you going? I, I went with your boy, Marcus Peters. I'll tell you what, he, he had several, several pops throughout the game. 
and and I and I'm specifically choosing him mostly because of his takedown of of uh, on on the trick play and his silly dance after. So he gets my pop <laughs> for his dance. Yeah, uh, not really his mo to be super physical, but you know, kind of kind of tapped into something. Last couple last couple weeks, I feel like he's he's uh, brought brought some physicality to his game for sure. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe he's found found something. Um, Feeling found something there after having to sit last year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my pop of the week is going to go to Josh Bynes on his sack. Came charging through the offensive line, unblocked. Joe Burrow had no shot, um, and uh, and Bynes lays a pretty good hit on him. So that's my pop of the week uh, for a sack. With that, let us look forward to week six. The Ravens travel to New Jersey to take on the New York Giants. Um, I will not be at this one, unfortunately. Um, but the Giants, new coaching staff sitting at 4-1, and one, uh, just took down the Green Bay Packers in London. Or, or where was that? Which, which stadium yeah. were they in? Oh, they were in, in the, uh, the toilet bowl of Tottenham. Uh, I, say that, I say that as an Arsenal fan, but it honestly, if you look at it from the from the sky, it honestly looks like a toilet bowl. Um, so that's just ridiculous. And the Spurs are awful. Just don't. And if 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 there are Spurs fans listening, you just need to go look yourselves in the mirror and reevaluate your life. So we'll just say that right now. But anyway, that, that's yeah. Fine. So the Giants no, coming no. back home. Coming back home from across the pond. Sorry, sorry, so, sorry. Um, you know what? So I am uh, employed by Google, and I read a report recently that they oh, are considering. Sure. Huh? You're going to sponsor the toilet bowl. Yeah, uh, I saw that, and I'm not sure how I feel. So. Yeah. I'll have to. I'll have to have a conversation with myself uh, about that one. Um, but yeah, four and one, the only loss is to the also pretty upstart four and one, uh, Dallas Cowboys. But, um, what do we think about the Giants? Is, are, are they a real four and one or well, is this kind of a, that's too? how about both New York teams? Aren't they both four and one right now? Uh, are we the only team that has beaten the New York Jets? No, I don't think so. Is that not is that not correct? I thought the Jets are the Jets are three and two. Um, three and two. Yeah. They lost they lost to the Bengals. Okay. Yeah. So they I just put up forty on the Dolphins still. Still got three wins and exactly they took out the Dolphins. Like mm-hmm. now, granted, the Dolphins have were only like third string quarterback, but yeah, my guy from K State, Skylar Thompson. But yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, do you trust? I it, it comes down to, and not to not to sound like the commanders' uh, coach right now, but it it comes down to the quarterback. Do you trust Daniel Jones? No, uh, I don't. And I don't really. Oh my gosh, the Giants punter is stuck I in London. He's still in London. I saw that. He has a passport it. problem. Is that what it was? I was trying to read yeah. through, but I didn't want to. Okay, I was wondering what that was about. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's really weird. 
But yeah, I don't I don't trust Daniel Jones. He doesn't really scare me. I'm not sure that anybody. I mean, that said, he can run around. I mean, that's he scares me in the sense of this: if we start worrying way too much about Saquon Barkley because he goes off for like 175 yards, Daniel Jones could then hurt us because we're overcommitting to Saquon Barkley. Both and and I'm talking about Jan, Daniel Jones, both with his feet and with his arm. Not that he's gonna rip us up, but the but the 150 yards he does throw for would be very impactful. 150 yards. So that's that's where I worry about Daniel Jones. I'm not concerned about Daniel Jones, like leading some fourth quarter comeback or something like we've seen from these other teams. I'm worried about Daniel Jones in the second quarter and the third quarter and then making it so we're just on our back back feet and really, you know, struggling in the fourth quarter to try to catch up. So that's that's where I worry. Now, am I that concerned about the the Giants defense? I don't know because of wink yeah man all right that's the that's the familiar face i was uh referring to earlier on wink martindale the the defensive coordinator and if there is a game that he is charged up for um it may be this one think about all those times after games that we would see wink down with the players, you know, he had like the bling and all that stuff. Hell yeah, he's fired up for this game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, this was like, he was like the new Rex Ryan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, it's, yeah, it's, uh, this is definitely a big, a big deal. I don't miss Wink. As much as I, as much as I have criticized Mike McDonald, I still think it was the right move to to move on from Wayne. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, man, he's he's gonna be fired up. I uh, really curious to see what he does because, despite two statistically down weeks. Lamar has been really good against the Blitz all year. He, he has continued to be good against the Blitz, um, seemingly knowing what to do with the ball under pressure. And we know that that's Wink's thing, right, is bringing the Blitz. And when he gets pissed, I'm not sure he's going to be able to help himself from uh, blitzing and, and bringing the house and those zero Blitzes that we're used to. Um, so how disciplined can he be? How how level-headed can he stay if he if he wants to not blitz that much uh, because he knows how how Lamar's been playing against it this year? I don't I don't know how that's going to go for him. Um, it's going to be a very interesting matchup because he does have the group playing very well. Um, you know they do have the the rookie Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, some some other really nice pieces on defense. I really like Xavier McKinney, uh, their free safety. Uh, I liked him out of Alabama, but um, you know they're they're big guys up front. Leonard Leonard Lawrence, I'm sorry, Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, both good players. 
they have some former Ravens on the team as well on both sides of the ball. So Jihad Ward, Tony Jefferson uh, on the defense. And then, uh, you know, our, our other old uh, left guards here, Ben Bredesen and Tyree Phillips uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So they know a little bit about this team. They, they know about us. Um, I just am really looking forward to uh, Wink bringing the house and just seeing what happens. And if you if you recall, Ben Bredesen has a, uh, a photographic memory. So, I mean, he's going to be able to tell them exactly what's in the Ravens playbook from a couple of years ago. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I read. I read way too. I got really excited about that guy for not a whole lot, of reason, but I did for some reason really like that guy. Um. Anyway, moving on, moving on to our fantastic, uh, or from our fantastic offensive line scouting. Just the, the left guard spot, man, is yeah. such a it's yeah. such it's a kryptonite. Don't, don't ask us, us to, to scout guards. <laughs> yeah any other spot yeah. we can we can do our best but left guard we just can't do it uh, um but yeah they they have some interesting pieces i really like both of their tackles andrew thomas is one of the highest graded tackles in the league uh evan neal is also awesome but the middle of the line maybe not as um stalwart their pass catchers not terribly scared by them Kadarius tony hasn't played all year uh, they have David Sills. Uh, and so outside of Saquon Barkley, they're – well, outside of Sterling Shepard, who is now out, uh, their leading receiver is Saquon Barkley. Um, and then the next guy in, is uh, Richie James, who leads them in uh, in yards but not in targets. So, you know, uh, not terribly terrified there. So, you know, do you go a little bit heavier to to – try to keep Barkley in place or is this a game where Hamilton plays a little bit more to get some size plus athleticism which is kind of what you drafted him for so do you do you give him a few more snaps this time around so it'll be an interesting chess match on both sides of the ball so what's what's your take on this whole Kenny Galladay situation it's weird right he like he's just not doing anything right yeah he has he has six targets on the season. What are they paying him? Seventy million dollars or something? Unbelievable. I mean, he's he's essentially, I guess, a malcontent. I guess like he doesn't. He and the and the coaching staff don't get along. I guess is my understanding. High level, very basic understanding. But yeah, you know, I like if they ate all the money, would you take him? No. I don't think I would either. Yeah, and and and. That was a different answer a couple of weeks, a couple of years ago. Before yeah. that contract, I would have taken. I would have loved Kenny Galladay on the Ravens. Think about how many but, people out there were like, "Oh my God, Kenny Galladay! How are the Ravens not going after Kenny Galladay? Oh my gosh!" I mean, that's why Jason Lockin for you. That's why. This is why the Ravens didn't spend money on Kenny Galladay. Yeah, which is which is really interesting to me because they're. The head coach is an offensive guy, Brian Dayball. You know, he's the guy who really pushed Josh Allen forward and, you know, in the passing game for sure. And and for a wide receiver to not like that, I mean, there obviously could be other stuff behind the scenes, but yeah. doesn't on the surface, it doesn't seem to make very much sense. No. But um, it is 
a very strange situation. Definitely not what the Giants were looking for. Um, anything else you want to mention about this game, or should we just get into a prediction? Um, yeah, let, we can just go ahead and get into a prediction. I don't know. All right, go for I it. I know that I have much more analysis for the Giants. You know, I think this is going to be a closer game than we want it to be. Um, I think the Ravens win somewhat comfortably, but like I said, it's closer than we want it to be. I'm going to say 26 to 20. Yeah, um, I, I can I can be on board with that. I was thinking like 27, 23 or something weird like that. Um, let me see if they've released a uh, they've released the lines. We'll see how how close or off we are. Ravens Giants spread is. What is the spread? Is five. So the Ravens are minus five, and the over-under is 44.5. So I think we're pretty close, actually. So maybe we should be handicapping those games. No, no. I don't okay. Think. Yeah, we'd make, a lot of, make other people a lot of money. Yeah, it, well, that would be the key. As long as I'm making other people money. It, it, it's, as soon as I start, like, putting myself involved in it, I, it will be the worst the worst choices ever in the history of life it'll be like ridiculous but anyway yeah okay well we we're both looking for another ravens road win to to start a win streak here and and move into potentially one of the softer spots in the schedule so you know hopefully the ravens can get on a roll here and and keep keep in the win column holly do you want to sign us off Oh, wait, we didn't get to bulletin board material. Anything you want to mention? You know, I mean, I, instead of bulletin board material, let's talk about, like, you know, it's, when is the, let's look this up. Let's talk about the trade deadline real quick. Okay. Let's see, NFL trade deadline. When is it? It's three weeks away, apparently, the NFL trade deadline. November 1st. So, we saw Cleveland acquire Deion Jones, a linebacker from the Falcons. What do you, first off, do you see the Ravens making a move? And secondarily, is there anyone out there that you're eyeing as someone that intrigues you that could be available? Yeah, I uh, I think they will make a move. I'm interested in um, what's happening in Carolina after they moved on from Matt Rule. Uh, they're probably going to go into rebuild mode. You know, wonder if they try to trade some of their veterans and and just move on, move forward, try to get some picks. Um, I would be really interested in Brian Burns, um, their defensive end, outside linebacker, really good pass rusher. Um, he is, I believe, on the last year of his contract, or maybe his player option has been picked up. So he is quite expensive uh, salary cap-wise and would likely be expensive compensation-wise from the Ravens. So that would uh, likely not happen, but he is a player that I would be interested in. Also on the uh, Panthers, my fellow Terp, DJ Moore. I would love DJ Moore. He's under contract for former years. There's a certain stipulation in there that that the Panthers have to pay most of 
his contract for this year, and I'm not sure about subsequent years. But um, you know, having another trusted pass catcher would be awesome. Another very good, you know, athletic, uh, strong receiver that can beat man um, and and be another be another piece on the offense. I think that would be cool. Or let's see. Um, well, you I don't know. Stop that for a second. I it, it blows my mind a little bit that uh, Bradley Bozeman is their backup center right now. Yeah. Goes from being our starting center, and we were concerned about losing him, to being their backup center. Yeah, that's, that's rough. To it's me. been a weird go. Yeah. But he wanted him. Is he really that bad? I don't think he's that bad. But then again, I can't scout for left guard, so who knows how good I can scout at center. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe we can't scout anything, and that's yeah. <laughs> that's well, why that's, we're sitting that's here. That's the other likely scenario is yeah. Scout. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's the Panthers situation. The other one that the, things are kind of falling apart are the Commanders. I wonder if there's any pieces on the defense there that they're willing to part with. Um, Probably nothing. Probably not much on the offense that I'm interested in. They want to trade for to us though. Not that we have some big rivalry with them, but Dan Snyder is just a. I don't know. I can see him being like that. Like, oh, we're not trading with the Ravens. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Because that's what, how he sounds like. I don't know if you ever talked to Dan Snyder before, but he actually sounds like. A not in no, not in person. Just yeah. just on just over the phone. Um, oh my. Yeah, I don't know. What about you? Any anybody? You know, I, I I don't know. I'm kind of thinking. So what about like? And this is this is kind of a wild thought. And I'm just looking at this team. I I don't know. If there's really anyone as I look at it. But like some of these teams that suddenly are like finding themselves without a quarterback, like Denver, you know, or you know, I'm just trying to like mm-hmm. look at. And I don't know that they were a good they were a good uh, example, you know, because I'm looking at their team and I'm not sure that there's anyone. Ooh, about Jerry Judy. Well, sure. I was South a, Florida guy. See, I'm looking at defense, though. I'm not really looking at offense. Um, so that's true. I mean, I, the receivers at Cortland Sutlin, I would I would take him in a second. Um, but Or Cortland Sutton, if I can speak, speak English. Um see if there's anybody else here this is really fascinating podcasting right now as we as we search around looking so the raiders maybe um they be making any moves not not for not for adams i'm not being stupid about that but um defense i mean i would love max crosby but that wouldn't be available uh chandler jones What's his what's his deal? Was he on a is it he on a massive deal or was he like traded and it's a one year deal? I'm just trying to remember. I don't recall what his deal was. Oh, uh, let me see. Let me see. I I don't quite remember either. Uh, he's on a one year deal, fourteen and a half million dollars. Okay, so he's got or or the last. Wait a second. Sorry, that was last year. Sorry, he is on a three. Year deal with two options on the end. So he's on. He's on. Big he's big. yeah. So he's potentially out after. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he had like like signed some kind of a make it make it deal, um, or like a one year prove it sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, we'll have to keep looking at that and keep that in mind as we move forward. 
but I mean, that's definitely something, you know, as we're going to start getting guys back. So I think that could cloud our, our judgment somewhat, but I, you know, if we can go find a linebacker, I think that would go a long way. I really do. Yeah. That'd be nice. And, and maybe a wide receiver. I mean, I don't want to, I mean, a wide receiver wouldn't hurt. I mean, it's not like James Prochet is ripping it up in any way. So, I mean, if you can replace some, some of his snaps with someone that's actually going to produce, um, as much as I love James Prochet, um, you know, maybe, I don't, you know, someone maybe of a similar level, but maybe a little bit better than Robinson. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, we'd love there to be a really proven vet. I'm not Ro- sure. Robbie Anderson, maybe. Yeah, you know what? I thought about that when we were looking at the Panthers. That would yep. be good. He'd be a nice. He'd be a nice ad. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I, there's a lot of bad teams out there. Yeah, there. Who knows? Who knows? Something to keep yeah. uh, keep your eyes on. And, and hey, who would have thought we would have traded for Marcus Peters when we did from the Rams? You know, so that's the yeah. That's true. Thing. It could always be a team that you know, comes out of nowhere because they've got depth or, you know, there's a disgruntled player or whatever, you know, so, um, and I don't even think Peters is really disgruntled. I think he was kind of surprised by that whole deal too. Right. But, right. Uh, but anyway, um, things to, things to uh, think about. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, very interesting stuff. It's always fun to think about trades and things like that. But the, the NFL, in that way, is so unpredictable. There's, you know, as much as things make sense, uh, they don't happen. And then as much as you don't see things coming, they do happen. So yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, Sometimes it, when when you get a player and it seems like the perfect fit, it's not it's not mad. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Going to come in and suddenly be amazing. As we saw yeah. a couple of years ago with what's his nose, the the defensive end we got. Um, so. Oh yeah, uh, Ngakwe. Ngakwe, thank you. Yeah. I, I kept saying his name and I knew I was saying it wrong in my head. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yep. All right. With that, do you want to sign us off? Uh, sure. Why not? Well, folks, Let's we're go gonna for keep it. it simple this week. We've got we've got the Giants, and we've got to beat them. It's as simple as that. Have a great week, and let's go Raiders.